Hi everyone and welcome back to another episode of Miss Vecchio Civics and Economics. This week we're going to be taking a look at our textbook pages 14 through 19 as we discover more about the freedoms given to citizens and in exchange for those freedoms the duties or responsibilities we have as citizens to fulfill. So the first slide here is going to be vocabulary that you're going to find on pages 14 to 15. The very first term is amendment. An amendment is a formal or official change made to a document. In our case, we usually talk about a changes or amendments made to the U.S. Constitution. The second term that you're going to find in your reading on these pages is absolute. Absolute means free from imperfection, perfect, or complete. So we'll find that some of these freedoms or some of these things allowed it to citizens are going to be considered absolute. Few of any, that is, are going to be considered absolute. Again, meaning free from imperfection, perfect, or complete. Before we go on, to looking at the First Amendment freedoms, please make sure you are writing down these terms that are beside the highlighted freedoms of. It's really important that you know the terms as well as examples for upcoming tests and quizzes. You could be writing this on your digital notebooks that was handed out to you at the beginning of this unit, or you could be writing them down on a piece of paper. But either way, you should be writing down the entire slide here. So the first freedom found in the First Amendment to the Constitution is freedom of religion. Now, freedom of religion is basically saying that the government or the United States may not establish an official religion, endorse any official religion, or interfere with the free exercise of religion. So simply put, the government or United States cannot choose an official religion for everyone to follow. In the United States, we have freedom of religion, allowing people to believe different things and to worship different belief systems. The second freedom found in the First Amendment is freedom of assembly. And freedom of assembly allows individuals to peacefully gather. And that's the really key term there is peacefully gather. So when we see uh, groups of people coming together to protest ideas or to voice their opinion about something they disagree with with the government, they have to gather peacefully. And that is uh, protected under this freedom of assembly found in the First Amendment. Freedom of petition is the third freedom. It allows individuals to have the right to make their views known to public officials. So petitions usually come in a document form um, where people sign papers or sign petitions that show their support for that particular idea. So it's allowing individuals to let their views be known through some type of documentation, and that is called a petition. Freedom of press allows press, including newspapers, radio, TV, and internet, to have the right to publish information, even if it criticizes the government. So that's a very unique right and freedom that we have as United States citizens that we can openly criticize um, the government. A lot of nations around the world do not allow that. So we can publish articles, we can listen to TV um, and radio broadcasts that 
might criticize what is happening in the government or it may support it too, depending on what viewpoint um, you are listening to and looking at. So that's freedom of press. The press, newspaper, radio, TV, and internet have the right to publish information even if it goes against what the government is currently doing. The last freedom here is freedom of speech. Most people are familiar with this freedom. And freedom of speech allows individuals to freely express their opinions and beliefs. So vocally expressing their opinions in regards to what is happening in the government as what is happening in the nation. So all of these freedoms, all five of these freedoms are found in the First Amendment. And few, if a few of these rights are considered absolute. So there's always going to be um, give and take with some of these freedoms here. This next slide is actually showing you a way to remember all five of those freedoms using the acronym RAPS, R-A-P-P-S. So we basically took the first letter of each freedom and put it in a way so students can easily remember that. So again, your first five freedoms are freedom of religion, freedom of assembly, freedom of petition, freedom of press, and freedom of speech, RAPS, R-A-P-P-S. If you would like to write that or highlight that on your notes, that's a really great idea. Again, it will really help you remember the five freedoms because you will have to uh, write that down and answer that question at some point when it comes to assessments. Okay, due process. So still continuing on the theme here of amendments. Remember, those are changes to a document, in this case, the Constitution. We're going to take a look at a couple other ones, the Fifth and the Fourteenth Amendment. So first and foremost, due process essentially means um, that the government or the individuals are protected from the government, whether that be a national or a state side. The Fifth and Fourteenth Amendment outline due process. The Fifth Amendment protects citizens from being held for committing a crime unless they have been charged by the police. It also guarantees the due process or protection um, by which the state and the country have to respect citizens' legal rights. So if you have ever heard of someone saying, I plead the Fifth, essentially that is allowing them to be protected from any incrimination until they are given their rights, um, until they are also given like a lawyer to uh, represent them. So the Fifth Amendment essentially protects citizens from being held accountable for a crime until they are given their rights, until they go to trial, until they're given um, their loyal lawyer to represent them. So they can't be committed of a crime just because um, they may look suspicious. They, they still have their rights as citizens. That's a Fifth Amendment. The Fourteenth Amendment declare is very similar, but it declares that no state may deprive persons born or naturalized, so born in the United States or become citizens later on, um, the equal protection of any laws. So the big difference here between the Fifth and Fourteenth is the Fifth Amendment protects you from the federal government. A due process from the federal government. The 14th Amendment protects you from due process from the state government. And a way to remember this, I always try to tell students, it's always in numerical and alphabetical order. Now, what I mean by that is five comes before 14, right? If you're going to put it on a number line, just as F 
comes before S. So your fifth amendment is the federal level. Fourteenth amendment is your state level. So five before 14, just like F before S. And numerically and alphabetically, that's how you can remember uh, the difference between the two. But they both deal with due process. Um, another way to remember the 5th and 14th Amendment, some students realize that if you were to spell out 5, it starts with the letter F, just as federal starts with the letter F. So either way that you're able to keep those two amendments separate, um, you can jot that down in your notes just to help you when you go back to study it. Okay, so the last slide here that we're going to end off with, and this is where your reading um, kind of ends this week too, is civic duty. So, so far we talked about rights and freedoms that are given to citizens, but in exchange for those rights and freedoms, citizens are expected to perform certain things. And the certain things that are mandatory are called civic duties. So civic duties are mandatory. You can see that in bold and capitalized. It's really important to remember. Some of the duties that are expected out of citizens um, are going to be in this acronym POSSE, P-O-S-S-E. But before we get there, I really want to let you guys know and point out that citizens who do not fulfill their civic duties will face legal consequences. So that might be in examples of fines. It could be as severe as jail time. So civic duties are mandatory. If citizens do not fulfill them, there will be some legal consequences that follow. Okay, so the last acronym that we're going to take a look at today, again, is POSSE. It's the way to remember civic duties. So we're just taking the first letter of each civic duty and putting it in a way so it's easily remembered. The very first civic duty is pay taxes. So when you get your first job, you will have to pay taxes. Some of that money is going to be taken out and it's beneficial to pay taxes for the entire community and therefore this and more um, generally the state and the federal government because it allows things to be built such as roads, schools, bridges. So it is mandatory that some of your income goes to paying taxes to help the greater good infrastructure, schools, and so on. So paying taxes is mandatory. Another thing that is mandatory is obeying laws. That kind of goes without saying, right? So citizens are expected to obey both federal and state laws. Okay, if not, again, there may be legal consequences that follow. The third civic duty that is mandatory is serve on the jury if called. So when you register to vote, you are automatically put into a poll of people or living in your local area. And if you receive a letter in the mail that says you have been summoned for jury duty, you must attend. Now, this is going to become important later on when we take a look at more amendments and rights that are given to citizens because in order to have a fair trial, you have to be tried by a jury of your peers. The only way to have a jury of your peers is if citizens serve on the jury when they are called. So it actually helps um, 
other citizens who find themselves in the courtroom to have a fair trial because they are being tried by their peers, tried by other U.S. citizens. So in order to have a fair trial, citizens who are summoned to jury duty must attend. So serving on jury if called is another civic duty. The other civic duty is serve the military if drafted. Now this only really applies to the young men. Okay, young men, when you turn 18, you automatically are put into the draft. And if we have a time where the United States is at war and we do not have enough volunteers, the draft may be enacted. And if that happens and you are called to serve for your nation, again, young men only at this current time, um, you must serve. Okay, the last time that the draft was enacted was during the Vietnam War. So some of you might have uh, relatives that were either drafted or volunteered in the war itself. So if you do, that might be a great conversation that you might have with someone that actually has been drafted. So it can happen, um, doesn't happen all too often, but if it does, that is a civic duty, again, for young men. If they are called to serve in the military, if they're drafted, they must attend. The last civic duty here is education. Okay? And this really applies to all of you right now because you must go to school. Okay, That is a civic a duty. is your responsibility as students, but it's also your responsibility of your parents to provide you with an education. Okay, So those are all five civic duties. Pay taxes, obey laws, serve on the jury if called, serve in the military if drafted, and education. And we use that acronym POSSE, P-O-S-S-E. So that is it for our recorded lecture for this week. Please make sure that you go back, double check that you have all the notes written down, and after you do so, you can use that to help answer any questions that you come by in your readings or any other assignments that are going to be due by the end of this week. As always, if you have any questions, please feel free to chat or email me, and I look forward to talking to you all later this week.